This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou ao horihori, hei hōtaka e pāna ki tō tātou ao whānui. I'm Alison Balance and you're with Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now, an international team of geologists set sail this week on board the deep sea research ship, the Joides Resolution. The ship is operated by the International Ocean Drilling Programme. It's specially designed to drill into the seafloor and retrieve cores of the rocks and sediments. The ship and varying teams of about 30 or so scientists have already completed four two-month-long expeditions around New Zealand and Antarctica. This week, Expedition 376 headed off along the Kermadec Arc, which runs northeast from New Zealand towards Tonga. Expedition leaders Cornel de Ronde from GNS Science and Susan Humphreys from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution have their eyes set on Brothers Volcano. Brothers is a massive submarine volcano known for its hydrothermal vents, which include hot springs and tall chimneys known as black smokers. I visited the ship in port in Auckland at the weekend to find out what Susan and Cornell are planning to do between now and early July. We are going to be drilling several holes at Brothers and uh, all going well, we'll come back with some core that's um, never been recovered from a hydrothermal active volcano before. So tell me a bit about Brothers Volcano, where is it, how big is it? Brothers Volcano is about 400 kilometres um, northeast of Whakatane. It's about 8 by 5 on its base. About, 8 by 5 kilometres. That's correct. Um, but inside the caldera, it's about uh, 2 by 1. It's about um, three times the size of White Island. So what kind of volcano is the Brothers Volcano and why are you interested in it? It's a type of volcano that you find associated with subduction zones that results from uh, the subduction of one plate beneath the other and the release of water that causes the rocks to melt and creates a volcano. So um, it's an arc volcano which is very different in chemistry from the volcanoes that you find on mid-ocean ridges. The submarine ones, whilst we've known they're there or thereabouts, have never been studied in any real detail, probably until about the last 20 years, um, with respect at least to um, having hydrothermal systems on the seafloor. So that's all pretty new, and as a, this is a direct consequence of about 20 years of research on one particular volcano, where we have mapped it in great detail, we know about all the hot springs there, we know about um, the mineralisation and animals and so on, but something that we don't know about is the third dimension. So what's it going to take to drill down into the volcano? 
as you probably know, a lot of the technology for drilling was designed for looking for oil. And of course, we're drilling into a volcano, which is hard rock. And so we'll be using a couple of technologies, one which is rotary core barrel drilling, which is essentially putting a drill bit on the end of a string and then rotating it, um, which is a technique that is used uh, in sediments, soft rocks as well. But we will also be testing a new technology that's being brought to us by our Japanese colleagues that actually rotates the drill down close to the drill bit so that we can perhaps uh, penetrate this very hard rock a little bit faster. It's also going to be a little difficult because there's probably going to be a lot of loose volcanic rock on the top that we're going to have to drill through. And so one technique we'll be using will be something called casing, which is a way of as you drill, you lower a steel pipe into the hole to try to make sure that the hole doesn't collapse. How deep do you hope to drill? Well, we're hoping to drill three different holes at different depths, but the maximum depth we're hoping to get to is about 800 metres. As Susan said, it's a lot of unknowns for us, really. Um, Technologically-wise, it's, it's a bit um, challenging, but also the environment's uh, exceedingly challenging. There are fluid temperatures exiting that volcano. It's over 300 degrees C. So I would suspect it's quite possible that we could have temperatures down there that are near 400 degrees C. But they pump a lot of seawater and so on down, down through the drill string to keep things cool. Some of the fluids that exit on the volcano floor are more acid than that in your car battery. Very corrosive, very hot. The actual rock type might not be so stable. We don't know. So it's going to be quite a challenging expedition, but um, you know, somebody's got to try first and, and wear it. If you're dealing with something that's very hot, then its chemistry might be quite volatile. You're going to be wanting to measure these things as soon as they come up. We do have a, a particular sampling device that's uh, fairly unique and it's called a Custer sampling tool and it goes at the end of the drill string and it actually collects about a litre of water or fluid right down at the source of drilling. So, you know, we are drilling right into the guts of a volcano and we have theorised what types of fluids that we may intersect and we're hoping to really intersect a brine or a very salty, very dense fluid that is more likely to carry metals than other fluids. Since you are drilling on a volcano, is there any risk? Um, There's always risk of getting um, pipes and drill bits stuck, obviously, but um, no, it's not volcanically active, so it's not erupting, but it is hydrothermally active, so it's akin to uh, hot springs that we see on land today, but at the bottom of the sea floor. But because of that great pressure under which they sit, you know, the column of water sitting on top of them, um, those fluid temperatures are, are much higher than what we're used to. So they can be, you know, 300 plus for sure. And that comes with some risk. And if you get drill bits stuck and it's very corrosive, I mean, you know, that might be interesting. But by and large, not really. I think the greatest difficulty is because it's the technical part of drilling through this type of rock. It'll be quite hard in places, it'll be quite soft in places, so it's going to be one for the drillers, but um, we'll see see how they get on. How much of a new frontier is this? Well, in the past 50 years of scientific drilling, there have been probably three other attempts to do this. They have all been on a mid-ocean ridge, so in a slightly different environment and with water depths that have typically been deeper than we're drilling in. And so this is really the first time that we've drilled on a volcano of this type um, that is associated with um, hot springs coming out of the seafloor that are much more acidic and uh, some of them are quite gassy, full of gases. Um, And so it's going to be very different. And it's sort of another end member, if you will, of the different types of submarine hot springs that you find.
I would add to that by saying, you know, if you think of plate tectonics as, as conveyor belts, um, previously the drilling had been done where those belts start, if you like, or oceanic lithosphere is first produced, and then it's moved all the way along, say, from the East Pacific rise to New Zealand, and it gets subducted. So we're at the other end of the conveyor belt. And as a consequence of that, we make different types of magmas, and as a consequence of that, they have more water or sometimes more metals. And all of that ultimately ends up in these volcanoes and sometimes in these big mineral deposits on the seafloor. So we're just looking at the other end, if you like, and um, that's not been done before, to my knowledge. So that always is uh, exciting and intriguing when you do something somebody hasn't done before. Are you expecting to find anything living down there at all? Uh, well, we're hoping to. We have some microbiologists coming who will be looking for life and trying to find out who's living there and what it's doing. Right now, the limit of life is up around 125 degrees centigrade or so. So I don't think we're likely to find anything in the really hot fluids, but it's certainly possible that in the subsurface of this volcano, there are microbiological communities living in, in high temperatures for them, certainly. And, you know, hopefully we'll find some species that have never been discovered before. So does this kind of search have any relevance? I'm thinking of space, if you were looking for life on other planets. It certainly does. Um, It has relevance in a couple of ways. One is the type of environment we're dealing with, which may be um, akin to something that we might find on another planet. And, of course, the other part of it is that the technology that we are trying to use in remote parts of the deep ocean is the type of technology that you could use on uh, planets with water on them. So this is the type of thing that... Uh, may have relevance to to life on other planets. What are you looking forward to most about this expedition? Well, I like being at sea, and um, I like a challenge, and this expedition is certainly high risk. It's certainly going to be a challenge, but I'm very excited to see what we can get up. Uh, I was on a similar expedition um, back in the late 90s uh, to a hydrothermal hot spring um, on mid-ocean ridge and the technology wasn't as advanced then so we had some a lot of difficulties but I'm hoping because of the advances in technology we're going to be very successful on this cruise and get some really beautiful core that will tell us a lot about what's going on in the internal parts of this volcano. For me I've been coming out here for 20 years and uh, I think this is my 12th or 13th expedition and we know quite a lot, as I said previously, what's on the seafloor, but we really don't know anything really what's below the seafloor except from geophysics. So for me, it's intriguing to sort of add that third dimension to all the studies we've done to this point. And I'm hoping that we're going to intersect some wonderful networks of veins that may carry um, different metals like copper and, and gold and so on, because one of our primary objectives is to see what metals are found within this volcano, where are they found and how are they distributed and really how do they move around. So without drilling, uh, ultimately, it's pretty tough when you're looking at just the very end of this whole process when you're on the seafloor. So drilling gives us that little insight. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Thanks, Cornell. That was Cornell de Ronde from GNS Science. And we also heard Susan Humphreys from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in the United States. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 10th of May 2018. If you'd like to find out more about the show and see some of the photos that go with each story, just head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. We are available as a podcast on the RNZ app, as well as at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Radio Public. 
I'd love it if you could rate and review us, please. It helps get the word out to other lovers of science podcasts. Thanks. Check out some of the other RNZ podcasts as well, and stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook, where we are RNZ Science. Thanks for your company. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.